1: I'm still recovering from the weekend that we had.
0: Yeah, me too. And, and that, sound, that weird sounds odd. Shoot. It
1: sounds like a party weekend, but it wasn't. It was actually a shoot weekend. We were yeah. in Los Angeles, which we've shot, obviously, in LA a lot. We don't normally shoot in downtown, and we really don't ever shoot on overnights.
0: Yeah, this is actually a first. We've done city shoots before, mm-hmm, actually, mm-hmm. downtown LA. Yep, yep. But we've never actually done it overnight and mm-hmm. really done a full piece because this was a three car shoot that yep, we did. Yep overnight and it's a fully different look i mean this is a night shoot mm-hmm. we're keeping it that way of course we're working towards the light hours towards yeah, it was dawn cool. we, we were shooting kind which of makes it look
1: cool middle of the night into when everybody else started to wake up essentially so we do right. get it does end up in daylight but what's interesting is we got there at the time of day, every, or at the time of night, every night when weird things <laughs> are happening in downtown LA, and we were leaving right about the time that every other film production in the in the world of LA that needed to shoot in downtown was arriving, yeah, and unloading yeah. forty five trucks per block. When we left on our second uh, morning, Sunday morning, I, I counted four specifically different production. Uh, home bases. Now, maybe that was four crews for the same film, but it was probably different films and commercials. I saw the blacked-out Cayenne with the super arm.
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah.
1: I saw him driving around with a police escort, which means somebody was hooning around town. Uh, It was a huge weekend, and of course, we were there, but we were there when no one else was.
0: We were there when it was dark. Exactly. We also got kicked out of a location. We were shooting, and this security guard was just too happy to kick us out. He was so excited. The first words out of his mouth were, do you have a permit for that? That is the L.A. That
1: is the LA default setting. And what I thought was hysterical, because we were shooting in, <laughs> honestly, folks, the least recognizable, shouldn't matter kind of place. And With I was zero shocked. people. They even had a security guard. But yeah. of course they did. He showed up yeah. and asked about a permit. And he course- showed
0: up honking. I mean, took him four minutes to get out of the car. He, he, was, he was a large gentleman, yes. <laughs> he was,
1: he, the, the thing is, the security guards do not have, the, clearly, the physical fitness tests that are required by police officers. That all, that's all I'm saying. So there was that. But when we left, he was so excited to be filling
0: out his clipboard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Clipboard. Most exciting thing he
1: he had for the whole evening. It was
0: awesome. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we're nearly done recovering from that. We've got uh, one or two, maybe more shoots for our upcoming Velocity season. Mm -hmm. That is consuming us. uh, Yeah, I love editing work on your part, too. Tons, tons, tons. But in the meantime, we're still doing various events, including the upcoming Laguna Seca trip. That is track day, November 17th, 2017. If you've got any questions about that, go to everydaydriver.com slash adventures tab. Mm -hmm. There's more details. Mm -hmm. And this is a trip where you can join all of it, some of it, none of it. We'd love to have you there. You can yeah. just come for track day or you can just meet us for the, the dinner afterwards. The dinner or just
1: the drive or whatever right. you want to do. The key thing here, though, is it is kind of an every man for himself on what you want the price point to be. If you're coming in and you're staying at a hotel, you get to pick yeah, your own hotel, and that kind of stuff. You're also bringing your own car and your own helmet. We don't have a way to set this up like we do in Europe where, you know, you show up and we provide everything. We don't have a way to do that. Right. right. So if you're, if you're driving on Laguna or if you're showing up for the uh, just the, the drive on PCH. This is your own car, by the way. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. That's very cool. We're also going to be wrapping a shoot for season two into the midst of that madness. Yes. And that, yeah. that brings me to a thought, actually, a couple of thoughts that have happened on season two. I want to reiterate something in case you guys don't realize this. Yes, we have a deal with Velocity. that's a little bit of an oddball deal. But we have a deal with Velocity. that we, One of the things we like about it is the fact that we get to keep all of these shows that we keep the rights to the, sh- the program, right, which is right. awesome,
0: that was a choice that you and I made yes for that's, sure for sure that 's important now actually, a downside of
1: that, of course, is that velocity really, really promotes their own shows, which means right. they don 't really promote right. us because we 're an independent producer on velocity, and there are others like us so there 's that, but the upside is we do get to keep all the content, which means we can get it to you if you don 't have velocity if you do you 're going to start seeing it January two thousand and eighteen, but if you don 't have velocity, a few of you have asked. Everything we're making now will wind up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There was a question from Matthew Green about putting it on Vimeo and charging for it. I suppose we could, but ultimately our intention is for it to be on YouTube anyway. Right. So I suppose, Matthew, to clarify your question, are you wanting it to come out really early like it just happened on Velocity and now it's also on Vimeo at the same time? Because I will admit that there will be a stagger from the cable release to when it winds up on YouTube. So, are you hoping, Matthew, that we're going to charge to give you like access as soon as it launches on Velocity? Is that your question? Because ultimately, our intention is to just have it on YouTube and not have you pay a fee. So that's right. part of where we're headed. Right
0: down the road after the season ends, you know, longer term, mid mid twenty eighteen, it'll it'll, sta- it'll stagger out. It'll right. stagger out. I mean, it's
1: right. going to be roughly a month or so kickbacks from when it's on cable. Then it'll start filtering its way out to to YouTube. So it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, just clarify for me what you were thinking about Vimeo, but our intention for you guys to know if if you haven't, Caught this already, and that is just because it's on velocity doesn't mean you can't see it if you don't have velocity. If you do, that's kind of your early premiere access, if you will. Mm-hmm. If
0: you don't, mm-hmm. it's still coming. And we're reaching a different audience with velocity. That's for really sure. what we've for talked sure. about. Yes, yes, yes. YouTube yes. audience and velocity. There's some crossover, but there not is. a lot. And that's well, been really intriguing for you and I to discover this, first of all, mm-hmm. and then take advantage of it. So that's our intention to do both. For sure. Hence the YouTube posting later.
1: Well, and there are people, it's interesting, there are people listening to this podcast right now that are listening to this podcast because they'd never heard of us, saw us on Velocity, found the podcast, found the YouTube videos. They found the entire show in reverse to the way right. you and I built it, which is hysterical. <laughs> right. The other thing you have to know, I know we've talked this up one side down the other, but here's the thing. An actual living can't be made doing what we do on YouTube. Television, with sponsors, it's possible. YouTube is kind of like gravy money, if you will, as far as the amount of money that's made there. The show can kind of, kind of pay its own expenses, but can't pay anything beyond that. Lunch. And even that, even that is difficult. So uh, that's the whole reason for the TV thing. But don't worry, it's still coming back to you no matter where you are
0: couple of great debates for this episode, guys. We have Justin in the Bay Area and Tucker in Salt Lake. We thought we'd keep it a little bit close to home. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Tucker in Salt Lake City. The thread here between these two podcasts mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Justin hates his car. Or no, Justin loves his car and doesn't know yeah. what to do. Tucker hates his car and doesn't know what to do. Well, and both of them want to wind up with a track car, too. Well, yes, track-ish. I don't think it's their primary focus. No. It's, it's a secondary no. you know, kind of a thing here, but they do talk track, they're, track well, driving They're both here.
1: talking about having a kind of stripped-out, focused, possible track car in this scenario. That's, you're right. It's secondary, but I thought it was interesting because you're always talking about the threads in these. I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that that's there as well. So it this is. is fascinating.
0: It is. Well, Justin, as I said, he's up in the Bay Area. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. He is 33, working for medical devices uh, mm-hmm. in the medical devices industry. And I guess it's only pharma where you get a, a rep, uh, a car to rep uh, pharmaceutical <laughs> drugs. Well, products, but it's never kind of exactly
1: the car that you're excited about, too. Not it's, medical
0: know. devices, apparently. So he's commuting four days a week, three weeks a month. So he's traveling often for work. And right now, his commute isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. 22 miles each way. He's not spending that much time in traffic because he leaves he goes to work early and leaves early mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. He has a an eighty four nine eleven Carrera. He's had this for ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. think about this. He got it when he was twenty three. He's Good had point. it all this Good time. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Well maintained, semi track prepped with a roll bar, Sparkos. He loves his car. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking about your Lotus being a compromise, but that's why he loves this car so much, because everything else that he drives feels numb and boring and not exciting and not something to look forward to in
1: this. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Because that's the thing about the older cars as well. The Lotus, honestly, the Lotus is, is almost a car from another era in that regard. Because the stuff as the, far as the, 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 the
0: way you come to the it, stuff or? in the
1: 80s to the early 90s, that was when the stuff that was really good dynamically was a real sacrifice in almost every other area. Sure. And then then sure. everything, if you will, that the dynamic stuff kind of gets really polished and nice and it meets the luxury stuff. And now we have things. This is no slight like your Cayman. Oh, yeah, where yeah. it's incredible dynamically, but you could also just drive cross country in it. Where my Lotus, please, right. please don't. You know what I mean? Right. So, You've but this is the thing there, done that exactly. This is the thing about this eighty four Carrera is he's just realizing because it's a car from another era, it has all of these awesome analog things about it that aren't. And, and I'm not look. I'm not pointing this at just Porsches. I'm saying cars of that era in general, sports cars of that era, have more of
0: that than modern cars. Sure, sure. Well, I I, I love that you love it here, Justin. And he's saying he'll never get rid of it because it really speaks to him. Mm-hmm. But as far as mileage, he's put almost 80,000 miles on her as the second owner of the car. So yeah. now it's got 130,000. Runs great, which it should. But out in the Bay Area, you know, 5 p.m. on the, on the freeway, it's hot doesn't have ac because he pulled that out because it saves 100 pounds <laughs> you've got to be kidding heater works great for winter though he yeah. says but you know just air conditioning it's just okay a, a few comforting things yeah for sure a few for in there sure. well he, that's the thing he's made it just enough of a track
1: car that it ceases to be a kind of real life car it's, it's just barely crossed that line i feel like based on the yeah story.
0: yeah and with the uh the next category of noise he's got a great sounding <laughs> exhaust <laughs> So, you know, when he drives with the windows down on mountain roads, great. But when he's trying to be on a conference call, not as great. Yeah, for sure. If you're on a conference call with your company, everybody's always trying to either go on mute or, you know, when you're called on. Yeah, you apologize. Hey, everybody, I was on mute. Sorry about that. I was already talking. Yeah. I don't think this is ever going to change. So if you're driving <laughs> well, but, and you're on a conference
1: call, yes, just go on mute. And he has the screaming exhaust in the background when he does have to say something. You have to, what do you have to do? Be, be light on the throttle and put, be in a high gear? Just to try to get yeah. the car to be quiet enough? Because then if he's driving in the hot San Francisco area with the windows down, trying to be on a conference call, this is the, this is the trifecta
0: of bad right here. It's all bad. <laughs> okay, so trying to find a car that will make his life easier Without feeling dead inside, as he says this here (laughs) in his email, he's had lots of thoughts. He gives us three different categories here to think about, sort of three different directions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Justin suggests some cars here, and then I've got a super wild card and a super duper wild card for you, Justin. Really? Really put some thought into this. It's a car we've actually suggested before, but I'm wondering if it'll work for you. But yes, we've got to address the track thing. But mostly, I came to this as a commute car that's not going to leave him dead inside. And, I agree. You know, feeling like he's yeah, just and I'm no sniper longer shot an enthusiast.
1: It. I'm sniper shotting it. You're I'm going calling, with one. I'm calling one
0: car. I've got a list of cars. Good, good, good. I'm wondering if your and I's car is the same car. I'm, I'm sure there's one in there that, I'm, I'm actually sure there's, wondering. There's a, cross, a crossover in it. All right. Um, so he's he's given us this category here. Mm-hmm. First of all, starting with electric cars. You think commute he's mm-hmm. suggesting a bolt mm-hmm. for $199 zero down, 199 bucks a month.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting. For sure, for Treating sure. Treating it like an appliance. I mean, I think that car is really aimed at the ride-sharing industry. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see bolts everywhere for Uber and Lyft. All over the country. That's why GM started that partnership with Lyft. They're talking about trying to make autonomous versions, and they've
1: been talking about yeah. that for almost two years now. And and that is, of course, a poster child car for this idea for the congest- congested city commute. Mm-hmm. And I right. see what Justin's thinking here. He's thinking, "What if I?" Because I even have, have been somewhat intrigued by the Bolt. I know it's crazy to think about my garage and then think about Todd got a, got a Bolt. I realize that. But where are you going to park this car? But the, I, I, Fourth I, car. It's not happening anymore. It's not <laughs> happening. But 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 the <laughs> thing is. It is that kind of total headspace shift into, let's just get this car for that world and see if it works well for that world and not bring any kind of sporting expectations to it. And Justin's wondering, could I do that? Now, I do wonder, Justin, if that's not a match for you because you are so in love with the raw experience that
0: you're having. I'm wondering if this is so far the other way that there's just no you way possibly, for Possibly, possibly. But here's the second part of his email. He's talking about getting something else that he would enjoy as much as the Porsche.
2: Mm-hmm. So he's
0: talking about spending up to forty grand and thinking, Do I get yet another Porsche? Because he says here, you know, a Fiesta ST, he's calling it sloppy and anemic and slow and boring. Compared to what he has. Compared to what you have, I can see that. I wouldn't bless that car with any of those terms because we found it to be actually pretty delightful on track. Yeah. But when you're it's all about perspective. Where are you it coming is, from? Sure, That's sure. where he's coming yeah. from. So I can see that. So he's talking about something with, you know, having too much power, like an M3 or a Corvette or a Camaro. I can't really see any of these cars being good as commute cars, though. Mm -hmm. I can see them checking the box of, yeah, that'd work on track, that'd work for Canyon Driving. But Justin, you already have that car. You own it already, and it's not going anywhere. Agreed, yeah. So I don't understand, really, the, I've got my track car, fun car, and now I'm Gonna be sitting in traffic. Your commute might increase, maybe not. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, yeah. he's also alluding to if I change jobs, if you know something happens, what's what do I do? What's next? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you can never foresee. Of course, none of us can see into the future, so yeah. you just don't know. But I, I, I'm just kind of wondering about the wisdom of that. Do you get something hot thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna track this," and then you're not going to like anything close to a track car in traffic.
1: Well, I agree. Well, that's But that's the struggle he's already in. That's why I don't understand that that part of the discussion because that's the struggle he's already in. I have a car that is good and I
0: love for everything but the commute Right. Part. Let's right. not duplicate that idea at all. Why would we do that? I'm sure that I don't know. Okay. All right. Fair. I, I agree. Fair. That's why I didn't come to this with a, hey, commute, but also track. I agree. They're because, not equal sign. Bec- well, also,
1: the big influencer for me was the fact that I don't think there's a replacement for how he feels about his current Carrera. Okay. I I agree. I feel his love in this email. And because of the other stuff he's talking about driving and even asking questions about, am I not going to like a modern Porsche because it's going to feel distant? You are in love and embedded (laughs) with that older car. And because cars have become, across the board, more distant than they were then, and you want to keep this 84 anyway, a part of me that just goes, okay, Let's let that car have all of those attributes. Let's let us revel in all the
0: things it does wonderfully well that you love and solve only the other part. Sure. I mean, I can't think of anything. Well, I can think of a few cars that I'd actually like to be in, in traffic, stuck in traffic. But in most cars, sure. it doesn't matter what it is. The hottest Coolest car. I don't sure. want to be stuck in traffic. Yeah. Maybe a Mercedes S Class with the kneading, massaging seats <laughs> and the heated and cooling yeah. everything and it's entertaining me and all that stuff. Maybe, but who gets to do that? Yeah, for sure. Very few for people. Sure. So the third category here is something just cheap. The cheapest acceptable car possible that gets me back and forth and then save money and put that all into the 911 for things like upgrading it for track use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's always stuff to be done from a maintenance standpoint. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. listing off all these squeaks and rattles and, you know, suspension <laughs> and <laughs> he's eyeballing a new rear diff and all that kind of stuff. So he's, of course, that's that's your money pit, which is great. So I'm, I'm wondering about all this. And then he throws in the twist. There's always a twist. right? Of course. Yeah. 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 He plays hockey. Mm-hmm. and he needs something that he can throw his hockey gear into. Yep. So, yep. of course, the stick, maybe multiple sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not big, seeing a roof rack. Well, but there's the big bag of gear, too. And then It's there's not the just the hockey stick, it's a big gear. old bag of gear. Yeah. Right, right. So right now he can get the gear bag into the front seat of the Porsche. Notice he didn't say frunk because that's too small for all yeah, the gear. It's definitely not. Yeah. So he gets that in there, he wedges the sticks in there, and now what does he do? Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. these categories, I came up with... Ooh, uh, four, then a super wild card. And then, like I said, the super out there, super duper wild card that actually could work. All right. right. But it just comes down to how much money do you want to spend? Because I do like your cheap idea, Pour money towards the 911. And if you're just Mm -hmm. getting a commute car, just get something inexpensive and whatever. Just deal with it. Put it in automatic and put it in drive.
1: I want to hear your whole list. I'm feeling like I should do my sniper shot because I don't feel like my sniper shot is all that grandiose, even though I just went. Here's the solve for me.
0: I'm curious though, but I'd be very curious if it's to hear one, your listeners you are saying it's, well, it's I, the solve,
1: but but here's why. I, I really thought about Justin's situation, and I and and I kind of extrapolated from my own situation. Okay, and here's what I mean. Obviously, I've I've waxed on about why I love the Lotus, but here's here's the grand irony. My one year older and three times the mileage mini feels like a luxury car and a utility vehicle compared to my lotus it is okay it's fine. which is hysterical so if sometimes when i 'm driving the mini because it 's getting cold enough a minute some now, sometimes when i 'm driving the mini, I keep, think about the fact that I can just hear the stereo easily
0: sure I can just if I want to listen to a podcast it 's just easy <laughs> it's just simple creature comforts you know? in this category are much different than it's but 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 I'm but I'm relating <laughs> I've got to Justin massaging seats. I'm relating
1: to Justin's discussion here. Yeah. I can be on a phone call easily. You know, the air conditioning and the heating, everything works it and, is a and it's not and cleaning. it's not a grand car by any means. But all that stuff works in relation to the Lotus. I feel like the Lotus is the analog here for his discussion about his Carrera. And so I just keep keep thinking about my situation. And, of course, I love – I don't mind commuting in the Lotus. Now, I don't have stop and go, but I don't mind commuting in the Lotus at all. It's kind of fun. I'm pretty
0: impressed with that car, by the way.
1: It's very similar. Thank you. It's very similar to commuting on a motorcycle is how it feels to commute in the Lotus. Very similar headspace. And there are people that enjoy that, and I enjoy this. But, okay, okay. That is a real sacrifice for the commute reality. So I just thought, all right, since that car's staying, let's leave it alone.
0: Fine. And fine. I thought about,
1: I want to put him in something where when you're sitting still, you just think, this is everything I could need. It's just a nice place to be. Okay. But if the road opens up.
0: You can get after you it.
1: You don't hate yourself. Right. Of course. Which is the problem that you'd have with something like a Bolt. You'd but just... you're
0: not thinking track here, right? No, you're I'm not, not thinking, thinking track at all. I'm not that's where track the 911 is.
1: I'm just thinking about a car that is really good interior value for money but has an enthusiast side to it so that when he wants to play enthusiast he still can. Okay, all right. Beginning and ending, he's got 40 grand to spend. I'm going to spend 30ish. Okay. Volkswagen GTI. Okay, all right. Volkswagen GTI. I normally would say stick shift in your case I'm actually going to go DSG. I like it. I because love it, actually. that is one of the nicest interiors for the money. No, you're right. And that is a car that anytime I'm in it I just think how, how does Volkswagen figure this out? Where they just – look, there's plenty. If you, if you really want to get weird, there's plenty of questionable plastics in a Volkswagen GTI. But you got to hunt <laughs> for them. You have to hunt for them. Questionableplastics.com. The ones that feel like they're made out of either Army men or big Slurpee cups. Those those plastics are in there. Yeah. But you have to hunt for them. Whereas a lot of yes. other automakers, they're up higher. They're in vision or they're, they're places, where, right, you're going to end up touching anyway. you onto them. And that's where those cars start to feel cheap. If right. you get something cheap, right. like a Fiesta, let's say, I, I feel like you've given yourself a different punishment. If the Carrera is having some punishment <laughs> things for, for being in traffic, don't get yourself something cheap and have the same problems. Right. Let's solve that issue. But then if the road opens up or there's a good on-ramp, it's still decent. The GTI does all of this. I am calling it as my only shot. I think you will enjoy that. And yet the, it, okay. it's, it, all of its strengths are different. Then all the strengths of the 911, and the two cover all the bases with a little bit of fun enthusiast overlap in the middle.
0: Plus, you can get hockey gear in the back because it's a hatch. Exactly. Easily this is done. this is what I'm saying. It's just okay. you've solved
1: it. I th- I'm just when I thought of that, I kept thinking of other options around it, and I just thought because of interior value for money, mm-hmm. I'm stopping right there at the GTI. I like it with the with the dual clutch there. Mm-hmm. I like that a it's, lot. It's just embrace the commute, do your conference calls. Oh look,
0: I get to go fast here. Fine. Hmm. Good choice. I was wrong. Our cars are nowhere alike. Really? Okay. Yeah. Great. I will start off by saying yes to the bolt. Sorry. 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 I, I have to do what? one, two, two
1: other little comments on the GTI. Other okay. I thought of. Okay. It. All right. Because they're now doing the six-year, seventy-two-thousand-mile warranty. So get a the new one. Culpa, and don't worry but we're about. We're sorry. We screwed there's up. There's that. Um, and cheating in the world of the, of the bolts and those kind of things, the GTI can get thirty miles to the gallon. mm Hmm. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, these are all the things in my
0: brain. I yeah. got them all nope. out now. Please, no, no.
1: bolt. Please go with
0: bolt. Okay, so I'm starting off with the bolt that you suggested. Hundred ninety nine bucks a month. That is killer. Deal, Nothing down. Admit. Yeah, that's great. It's not terrible. I like this. I'm just wondering if that's really for you. I I think it's definitely coming for more of us than we think, but maybe maybe not, because. I just, I'm wondering. You're saying, you know, if it's an to- if it's an appliance, yeah, it's a yeah, toaster for sure. And then you mention about where you live right now doesn't have a place to plug in, even though your work does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you might be doing the opposite, or you're leaving it plugged in at work all day, and mm-hmm. then you just park it wherever you're at at home, which still works. It still works. It's just sort of the switch, switcheroo, yeah, and yeah, doing that. Yeah, we talked that. about that before. You know, that could be. But I'm just wondering with everything you're saying, you just don't want to be numb and bored and distant you still want to be connected even though you're in traffic because you know traffic opens up and then as you're saying what if you get a canyon road and you want to do that and leave the 911 more as this track car over here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right so yes to the bolt but also yes to a volt because we like this as a car yeah 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 now you don't have to spend anywhere close to 40 grand to get yourself a volt Mm -hmm. but it's a real car and that does solve the I don't have a place to plug it in part. It gives you all the options. That's what it does. But that's the only reason I suggest that. That's sure. Nothing else about that really fits his situation. And then I thought about an i3 could do the same thing. I like these more and more. I sat in another one at BMW Mm -hmm. world in Munich. I really like this car. Actually, it's, it's intriguing me.
1: You know what I love about the i3 in this discussion is you can get an
0: I three for cheap if you go used. Really well <laughs> really cheap. Get this. I found a twenty fifteen I three mega for under twenty grand. Not surprised. With only ten thousand miles on it. I'm not it. surprised at all. That's what I'm saying. Those were forty five thousand dollar yep. cars new and they're now worth a quarter. I can't believe this, but it feels Justin, it feels fresh and clean and kinda all right, I'm kinda look forward to my commute and I just get to be in this thing mm-hmm, and
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: just cruising along. I see that. I see that. Got the nine eleven already. Mm-hmm. Fine. We recently drove the Mazda three, and yeah. in this category yeah. I'd say new or used. You could even go cheap, the first generation Mazda speed three. Yeah. Ten yeah, grand. Yeah. yeah you for could sure. get that. And you're talking in your third category here about just getting something inexpensive, commute in it. Okay. Yeah, only that, yeah. So that leads me to my super wild card. Okay. Have you looked at the Jaguar E-Pace at all? Have you even Hmm. looked at this? Has it crossed your mind at all? You're going tiny SUV. This is built for Europe. Yeah, yeah. And I'm impressed with this car. I really like it. I like the size. I like the styling. It's clean, simple surfaces really intriguing me is this cx5 or is it cx3 size it's all uh kind of in between yeah because it's between. a
1: little one it's very I haven't small seen it in person yet but that's the imp- I,
0: I get the impression it's pretty small it's very small inexplicably e-pace none of the models will be electric true the yeah. ipace will be electric yes. which doesn't make sense to me but yes. whatever nobody I for called my for, phone i for internet e for oh, one letter smaller than F. They didn't call you. They didn't Ugh. call me. Yeah. I don't know why. But okay, so Jaguar E-Pace, this is a comfortable place to be. It's, yes, an SUV now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's very different. It's for sure. for hockey sure. gear. It's all yeah. okay. your friends around. Right. It's just great for commuting, and it's small enough that it'll fit all these needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's not the Canyon Carver. Sure, sure that car thinking of this jaguar e-pace i thought all right that's that's out there something to consider but if you don't i wrenched myself back to the super duper wild card which is a 2015 mercedes gla 45 for 339 hmm. 22,000 miles And they're all under 40. Mm -hmm. GLA Mm -hmm. 45. I know those are that cheap. Yeah. This is a car you could track. It It is is a car you could throw down a twisty mountain road. You can be happy commuting in it because seven speed dual clutch transmission. Yes. Hatchback for the hockey gear. And you're good for under 40. Hot car. It is cool. Unique ride. It is cool. For and sure. And they're all for sure. under 40. I found a yeah. boatload of them yeah. under 40. They're all great condition. I kind of wonder if owners got into these thinking, oh, it's something sporty. It's kind of hardcore, actually. That's the thing I wonder about. And I wonder yeah. if they dumped them because of that, yeah. and that's why they're so cheap. So now everybody's shopping GLA 45s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, tra- the transmission
1: and the and the ride are on the hardcore end of things, depending upon what your commute's like. I mean, you, honestly, Justin, probably wouldn't care, but I I do like those. They're cool, and it is amazing what you can get them for.
0: I do agree. Yeah, I'm just thinking, all right, that could be your car because it's sort of like the gentleman's hot hatch. It is, yeah. The GTI works all day long, but more power, more everything, Mm -hmm. Mercedes, I don't know. More anger, yeah. I'm just curious, putting it okay. out there, Justin. All right. All right. Hopefully that helps. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or you can find us on the website. Mm-hmm. So write to us there. Lots of people are writing us on the website through there. And uh, that's where we've got our uh, the main debates with, with your story. And uh, like I said, there's always some sort of twist in there. I knew there is.
3: Guys, give us a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time, finally, for America's Lakers podcast. That's right, I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius, he's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. America's Lakers podcast exclusively at podcastone.com, the podcastone.com app, which I highly recommend. You can rate and review this podcast on all Apple products and guess what we're not gonna do we're not gonna bathe in the gossip and the gratuitous negativity that's been swallowing Los Angeles whole lately who did what who snitched who said what how about truth how about facts how about statistics how about rotations what's Luke Walton thinking who's underperforming who's overachieving who's rewarded who's coming who's going and what are we gonna do with all that delightful delicious cap space america's lakers podcast with me jay moore and my man my brother aaron larsoul every wednesday Podcast1.com.
0: let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls she has plenty of time to think if she could sadly she has no brain however When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.
1: So we're back with Tucker, who has just moved to Salt Lake here. And he has the exact opposite problem of Justin that we talked to talked about before the break. Justin's in love with his car and can't bear to get rid of it. Tucker hates his car and doesn't know what to do about it. And the other twist, (laughs) I read it and just go, I'm sorry. He has an FRS that he hates. That's the key thing.
0: That's a lot of why I chose your email here, Tucker. Because yeah. as you know, Todd has owned one for two years, mm-hmm. solid, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, liked we it did a lot. all kinds of stuff with and to that car. I will
1: say two things though. Tucker had a Miata that he loved forever. He had it for a long time, and he was desperately in love with it, even to the day he sold it, he loved it. Mm-hmm. And he's done nothing to this FRS but buy it cheap. So he still has grand, something yeah. like that. Got it. Up so in it Montana. Still has, still has torque dip. I have no idea what tires you're running, but I doubt you're running
0: Super Sports. It's
1: not appetizers
0: so, at a party. Torque dip. Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> that would be more exciting. <laughs> anyway, but but so that's the thing. He he's thought about. He shouldn't. He had an NA Miata, so a first gen that he had tuned like crazy. Now he's dealing with a fully stock FRS. He's done nothing to it because he's been worried about if I sell it, I don't get that money back. So he hasn't done anything to it, and he doesn't like it. I actually think that's. Kind of an imbalanced discussion too, because you had done okay. stuff to the Miata right. to make it an awesome Miata. You have the FRS that's so you're stock. Saying it's
0: not quite analogous, not quite, not quite. You now, didn't give now, it a fair shake. Please, but please don't get saying? me wrong here. The
1: NA Miata is awesome. I don't really fit, but, I, but it's awesome. Yes, the FRS I'm a big fan of, but unfortunately, and we have railed about this before. Unfortunately, the FRS in stock form, is your starter car. It's a car that you begin with this package
0: and now you kit it out to make it awesome. I mean, he talks about track days and autocrossing, but he's grown to hate it. It sounds like he didn't start off hating it. Mm, Okay. After, you know, it wasn't, you know, a while because he's had it for, what, a full year. Yeah. Okay. So it just, it it went the other direction that it's supposed to. Yeah. We're trying to get you into cars that you love and love and love more as, you know, grows over time. Yeah. But he, he started liking it, it sounds like. But here, the interior is falling apart. Did you have any trouble with that on your car? I didn't. I didn't have any issues. Motor is terrible. And by terrible, I'm wondering if you mean the lack of power. Well, he's saying that he I don't want to modify it. Well, yeah, in that
1: case, you're right. The motor's terrible. Right. I mean, you compare that to the Miata motor. The great thing about all of those engines is they just want to rev. And they don't really fall away at any point. They just get in that classic, the naturally thing. aspirated way. They just get more and more powerful as you wind them out. Mm-hmm. The FRS will get there after you slog through the middle section.
0: <laughs> You've got to slog, though. But he's just saying, you know, it just lacks personality for him, despite paying only 110 bucks a month, picked it up for 16 grand from a dealer in Montana. Which is awesome. That's a great That's deal great on
1: that car. That's what they're worth now.
0: Tucker, welcome to Salt Lake. Glad you're here. Yeah, i yeah. glad that we're, you know... We're just right up the hill here, and uh talking about you and your girlfriend, you're talking about putting a down payment on a house you're saving up for that you're getting your girlfriend a ring, your student loans will start to kick in. I hope she knows that by the way, oh, yeah, she's listening to this podcast. We just blown that out of the water <laughs> surprise anyway, yeah, and she's going to buy a mini countryman, which is I'm glad for that, but it sounds like you've got a lot of expenses coming your way for sure, yeah, despite having a budget of about thirty to thirty five Really fantastic, actually. That's pretty well, healthy. His he girlfriend both nice have really,
1: really good jobs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that's what's brought them to Salt Lake is good jobs, and they're they're planning a life together, and that's awesome. But yeah, this is the thing: is he's really debating what do I do to get out of this FRS, or do I get out of the FRS? He kind of wants something that he just likes and can enjoy in a commuter world, but also have a track car so it's a is this it's kind of like the discussion we just came out of is there an all-in-one that solves this problem for tucker mm-hmm. or is there a couple of cars the one that is the track focus and the one that does the commuter duty this is the, the conundrum here well he doesn't care
0: if it's front-wheel drive rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive yeah. of course he daily drove the miata all year long in montana so he says well done weather won't decide what car i get excellent that's the point tires t- t- tires well. it. yeah exactly <laughs> He really enjoys the Fiesta STs, Focus RSs, ND Miatas, the AP2 Generation S2000s, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't like Subaru WRXs either, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to me. He likes the little fast traditional dynamics. Well, that WRX has the same engine as the Uh FRS BRZ. I'm wondering if really that's... Yeah, turbo. Yeah, the turbo. but,
1: But the Subaru has baked in understeer. That's the, that's the deal. Sure. And, and, on that all wheel drive system, all wheel drives in general, you know,
0: they, they have more understeer than the other stuff he's talking about. Right, right. Well, he's asking, you know, do I get a boring car or just a truck (laughs) for my daily use and then get something cheaper over here to wrench on and modify up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he's not averse to modifying as we've seen with the NA Miata. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be the the new car to be fun from the very moment he gets it. Mm Mm-hmm and then maybe he modifies it later on and he does suggest as you said maybe he keeps the frs and does this and just yeah, yeah. gets something to drive around in so the initial budget wow that's again 30 to 35 grand i mean i'm wondering if you do mod that does the cost of the car need to come down and then save a bit of question. money interesting interesting question yeah and then talking about scca autocrossing and uh, yeah i'm i'm really intrigued with this i have five choices for you and I like the idea of a reliable car that means Japanese. I, I like that idea for mm-hmm. you because, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're probably going to be wrenching on something, and I'll, I'll get to that. But you said the ND Miata, which I love for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I really agreed. like that. Agreed. 30 grand, ND Miata. You know you like Miatas already. You're for probably sure. going to want to do sure. stuff to it knowing I think you so. now. I think and so, yeah. Knowing what you're looking for. I like the S2000 in there. We know where you can get a great S2000, actually, although I don't think Edgar's selling it anymore. I think he still would, but yeah. For the right price, probably. Everybody's got their price. So here's where things start to take a little twist, and I'm actually going to start spending some of your money. Uh-oh. I thought about the Mazda RX-7 because you've got Mazda in your blood already. Sure, okay. It's a unique right. car. Yeah, you for sure. You could track it. You could track it just fine. Yeah, for sure. Very unique car, and... Uh, yeah, very, very different. I, I like the, you know, you're already enthusiast and I, I like something different for you. And it's definitely along the lines of what the FRS recipe is.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Front engine, rear drive. Sure, yeah. I think you like that is what I'm, what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, you're kind of open to platform, engine, mm-hmm. kind of open to anything. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went to German cars. Okay. I'm wondering about a 2015 M235i because you can get them for 349. Ooh. Ooh. 30,000 miles, 40,000 miles yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm spending all of your money right now. Yeah, and
1: you're going one car, but it's a good one.
0: But that's an excellent one we've driven yeah. a lot of times on the track. And then my fifth one here, last one. Are you ready for an E46 M3? Are, are you ready for this car? It's Ooh. out there. It's it's, it's a wild, they're, they're hairy awesome. wild card. They're
1: awesome, but it's the buy it and then fix it. I hate to say it, but buy it I and then figure what it needs, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I agree. they are, and they're very cool. Subframe, they're very cool.
0: Um... Get one for less, and then leave some room for modding. And I that feels like a car to me
1: where you want to buy the most pristine one, taken care of that you can find. Like Jamie's possibly. that he just sold, you want to buy one from the guy that if it needed anything, he fixed it. I think, but yeah, you can start getting them but now if that's for the deals. Case, yeah,
0: then you blow your budget out thirty five grand. They're going to you be do. more for a really nice. Jamie
1: one. sold his for every bit of forty grand. Yeah, which is kind of shocking to think about. But he had the cleanest one I've ever seen. Yeah, it was nice. It so was nice. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just wondering. I'm just. Touching on this, toe in the pool, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a German car for you, but um, Tucker, but uh, I just... Yeah, I'm, I'm asking because the M3, it's going to need some love. Mm-hmm. and For sure, for because sure. Because you've indicated you're open to wrenching, but then, yeesh, you know, do you buy a more used, well-loved one and then yeah, yeah, put yeah. money into it? Or that's why I suggested the 235i, use all your money and it's going to run. It's the all-in-one, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's where I'm at. I kind of... Right. Kept the same recipe, front engine, rear drive throughout all of these, as you can I see. see that. I see that. Because he's an enthusiast, because of the autocrossing, because of mm-hmm. track days, mm-hmm. that's where my head went. I kind of stayed away from the liked. all-wheel yeah. drive and the front-wheel drive. But you certainly could. You certainly could. I went, I went a
1: very different route. went a okay. very different route. Because I thought about this a lot, Tucker, because obviously you don't like the car that I owned and liked. I get it. I understand, I understand the, the story here, that over time you haven't liked it. But here's what I'm pondering for you. I've approached this two ways. The first way is, okay, you're going to have a track car and a more commute car. Mm -hmm. So I've got that recipe. And then I've also got the let's just go all in one. But let me start track car first. If you're really thinking about let's have a track-focused car and a commute car, then I submit this to you. This is where you keep the FRS. Because I wonder if it's even worth now what you paid for it. It pro- unfortunately they're dropping so fast. I wonder if they it's are. even worth yeah. what you've paid for it. You might be underwater. And the thing about that car is you've left it stock, which I like it stock as well. But it, it, that is the beginning. It's like you've described it before as kind of like here are the pieces of a good car. Now go have fun. You've kind of described it that way before as kind of like almost right. Now go fix it, make it your own. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: that chassis, you have to spend a lot of money to take other cars that are not that well-balanced naturally and make them handle that well. Sure. The Miata is a genuine competitor, but I'm saying it's in that equivalent, okay? Out here at our local track, two of the cars that consistently run the fastest time attack laps are both 86 chassis. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, they're turboed and they're winged and all kinds of stuff. a
0: lot of money in track prep and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of money poured towards it The cars.
1: initial chassis handles so well all they really needed was power tires and downforce Pretty much. So if you're thinking about having a track car, I think you already have the skeleton you need. And then the the issues you have, which are I don't like the power delivery and the interior is falling apart, are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They don't matter at all anymore. If it's
0: a track car, yeah. If it's going to be
1: a car that's going to be focused for autocross and track and just those fun drives, those things go out the window because they don't matter. It'll give you reason to rip stuff out of there that's broken. Seriously. And now you can just (laughs) do stuff to the engine. You can put on great tires. You You will have such a great starting place. I think if you go elsewhere where for a track car, you're going to spend more money trying to get as good an end, end result. Mm-hmm. So that's why okay. I think that because it's in your garage already, so that stays. Okay. And hopefully you build the car into something you just can't believe how good it is. That's maybe the first time ever that I've tried to convince somebody <laughs> to like their car anyway. But because he's talking about a, a track chassis, I'm just sitting here going, you have one. You've got one already. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. But if you're going to do that, you still need your commute car. And I looked at the ones that you talked about liking, the Fiesta STs, Focuses, those kind of things. And I thought, there are three here that don't blow your budget out that are all really good to drive in commute situations and still have a little bit of an enthusiast flair about them. Okay. The current Mazda 3, which doesn't make a a Mazda Speed version, is a great car for commuting, for interior. It's nice. The chassis feels really good. Perfectly good commute car, but not an autocross car. You can get Focus STs all day long for this. Sure, sure. Okay, so that's a good option. And yes, you're talking about your girlfriend may get a mini countryman. What about the mini Cooper?
0: All mini family? <sighs> Who knows? And who knows if she that's really will get a countryman?
1: I think it's interesting that she's already targeting that, but we don't have a time frame for when. I think that's interesting.
0: But if you're going to talk <laughs> When's about— When's the ring versus the countryman exactly, there's and a the a lot, There's again. a lot of pieces happening <laughs> where, here, for sure. Where but, are these but, all falling together? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of big dominoes. But, but if you're going to talk <laughs> Mazda 3, this, this world, Mazda 3 Focus ST, I'm sitting here going, you should drive the MINI. Because the Mini is all about that enthusiast personality, but yet it's in this world, and it's much more commute-friendly. And I think about it because now it's my luxury car, which is ridiculous. But so those are my (laughs) three... no one ever... Exactly. Those are my three for you have track car, and now you have commute car. Then I have two for all-arounds, meaning you sell the FRS, you get one car that you can take an autocross and track when you do that, but mostly it's just your drive for fun car, drive for daily car. You don't like the WRX, but you have mentioned nothing about the Evo X. True, true. Very different personality in that car. Delightful in winter. hammer its way through the winter. It will roll past people on the track. It will kill it at autocross. It isn't a very luxurious interior. That's its Achilles heel. But how nice (laughs) do you want it to be? Okay. If you don't like the, the the interior of the FRS, I don't get the feeling you don't like it as nice enough, you just feel like it's not high quality enough and it's falling apart, which is interesting. I didn't have that problem, but I hear that. That's frustrating. What are Evos these days? you so, wouldn't have well, to spend 30 to get one, would you? Well, but 25 to $30, he would get a nice one. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So drive the Evo X, the Evo Ten, because that's a car that is such a different personality than WRX, I think it's worth driving. But then I had to bite my tongue on our last debate, because the other one that is my wild card goes here, and you just mentioned it in the last debate. I really, really think <laughs> you're that me. Tucker should go with the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. Is is all around? You're kidding me! It's a fantastic interior, it nice is? car for. I mean, look, there are some plastics in there where you go. How much was this car originally? Because it shouldn't have this plastic. But if you're buying it yeah. at thirty, thirty-five, which you've already said you researched, I found them too. If you're buying if under funny. forty, under forty, you have options of that car, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're sixty to seventy new which, which is, is insane crazy so yeah but here's the thing go drive that car because that can be your little you know feels like a nice upscale. you mentioned it before it's the gentleman's uh, hot hatch it's a little bit upscale but that then if you want to hammer it you can hammer that car such great personality it is the upscale version of the stis and the evos of the world so if you're gonna go all around her i i had to i had
0: to try really hard to be quiet the last debate because (laughs) that was where this goes for me so there's the thread i'm looking them up right now on mercedes website they start at 51 Mm -hmm. i mean
1: the one we drove was every bit of 60
0: you can get them for 33 with you know barely any miles and like i said i think owners got these thinking all right it's the sporty version and i like how it sits and And then it's hardcore yeah it's a hardcore machine i mean it's far more than you think. So yeah, 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 the headline is Mercedes AMG GLA 45s yep. for both guys. Yep. <laughs> but for very different reasons, uh-huh. which is for great. Sure. For sure. And in very different territories, you know, and in, in weather and all that stuff. That's Tucker, hilarious. let us know
1: what you get and and welcome to the area. Hopefully we'll see you at some uh, car meeting. You've actually called us out to show up at one of the uh, local autocrosses because you're going to be at them too. So if you ever see us banging around town, please say
0: hello. <laughs> Jumping right into questions on social media, guys, if you've got just random questions that strike you that are news-based, anything like that, send those to us when we ask for questions on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but your car debates, as we said, write to us on the website or the email. I'm going to jump right into Chris Hernan's question about what is the cheapest car you've had the most fun in, most fun per dollar of car? Hmm, Okay. I've got one. Okay. Haven't talked about it for a while, but he's writing on Facebook. That is the Honda CRZ for me. Yeah. I was on the yeah. streets of Willow cackling yeah. in this car yeah. thinking this is just the cheapest, most inexpensive, excellent track car that I've ever driven. And just surprised by this because you think su- yeah. you got to have a, an expensive and it's got to be the right recipe with mm-hmm. the rear drive mm-hmm. and the front engine. And they made that thing work, didn't they? Not yeah. true. It was just I just huh. laughed my way around the track and went, I got to go again. That was so fun. That's cool on to c r z all right I'm actually kind of wanting to drive one again
1: yeah you're talking about you 're talking about new options there, I, of course, I start thinking about how low can we go on the used category and sure. I have to say there's there's three I can think of that we 've driven that were i couldn 't believe the price of the car, okay, and one I have to say it because it 's a foregone obvious conclusion is this mini I wound up in well, yeah. I cannot believe I got this car for just under five grand, and it is. Runs as well and is as is as fun as it is. So that's very cool. Yeah. But of course that makes me seem biased. I will mention two others. One, the nine forty four turbo that we drove. Hmm. That the owner bought for less
0: than eight thousand dollars. That's true. He put some money into that. He put it fast. He
2: put
1: probably by the time we drove it, probably about four, which means it was still a twelve thousand dollar car. Yeah. And it was it was unbelievably fun, and it was very quick. Yeah, yeah. That was so fun. that was way up there on fun per dollar. And then yeah, that was cool. Even though I don't fit, we had a guy that brought the NB Miata to our generations of Miata shoot, and he had bought it for two thousand oh, dollars. that's right. It, it was real high miles, but two grand. And every time, and, and he bought it. Here's all he'd done: he'd bought it. It needed a new radiator, so he put an upgraded radiator in it and brought it to the shoot. And that was it. It was it. Was that it was all I had. that car ever had a clutch done to it? I, I don't know. I don't remember what all had been done to it. But it was high miles, $2,000 NB Miata. And my, my, the only thing about it I didn't like is I don't fit in that generation.
2: Mm-hmm. But Everything
1: else about it, it was one of those things where I, I, I tried to not put this in the edit. But I swear to you, every two minutes I was going, how is this car $2,000? How did this happen? <laughs> I could not believe
0: how fun that car was per dollar. Sadly, it was totaled not too long after we we yeah, uh, unfortunately, shot that film. Unfortunately, yeah, it was Cody. a low speed accident. I mean, the car looked fine, but the insurance company totaled it out, of and, course, uh, because it
1: was a two thousand dollars car. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. So, what questions stuck out to you here?
1: Uh, well, we've got uh, Sean Clark asked a question that is very similar to one of the first the first debate that we had, so I had to, to bring it up. He said, "Would we rather have as a daily driver or only car?" A Fully track-prepped car, meaning roll cage, no AC, loud exhaust, etc., which is exactly our first debate. (laughs) Or the most basic Econobox with the roll-down windows and the uncomfortable seats and no gadgets, no nothing. And I have to say, Sean, without question, the track-prepped car. And here's why. At least the track-prepped car has personality, and it has something it does well, really well, even if you're not currently using it for that. Yeah. That's yeah. a car that I can find reasons to love it. The other car is just spiteful. <laughs> it's just it's just a bad experience, and why am I here?
0: John, you're not selling the second choice here, the Econovox. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing to love about that. I'm going track car. Absolutely. I don't care. I mean, loud exhaust, that'd get on your nerves. But just, yeah, stick in some earplugs and go drive. Enjoy it, because there's going to be gaps in traffic. And, yeah. You know, I, oh look, I like the freeway does
1: it does a bend here and everybody else slows down. And I didn't have to. I've done Gee, that too. Yeah,
0: crank windows, uncomfortable seats. Yeah, yeah, that's the real
1: selling point right there for sure. <laughs>
0: Man, you sold that. All right. So Alex Maiden's asking if you were going to buy a muscle car, but you didn't want a Camaro, Mustang, or Challenger. What would you get? What What are your options? Mm. I'm asking about the E92 M3. Mm-hmm. Could that Could that do as a muscle car? I see that the I engine that. certainly could. Yeah. I mean it kind of feels like it when you get mm-hmm. in it and you look at your fuel bill and you For sure? Think, for sure. What am I driving here? I'm just wondering. It's not as big as those other 3 of course, but I'm just kind of wondering.
1: Well, but see that's the thing. You've gone an interesting route with that because there's a part of me that wonders about this. If you think about modern muscle cars, the Challenger is the only one that maintains what I think of when I think of a muscle car. In terms of size and power? It's or? huge. It's a big bruiser with a lot of power. It's it's not something you really want to hoon down a back road. The Mustang and Camaro are steadily becoming more and more sports cars, which I prefer, but they're steadily becoming yeah. more and more focused yeah, sports slimming cars. down, finally. And they've got that big V8 in them. So at that point, I start to go, okay, we're opening up the world a bit because I feel like the definition is shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, So I have to go C7 Corvette. Interesting. V8. Sports car, you know, but it has that V8 American history. But then if you're going to go V8, I love your BMW th- thoughts. I wonder if that could work. The E90 series BMWs, yeah. those are great. But then I start to wonder, okay, can you go Jag F-Type? Oh. Because it has, it. it's like, it's related. It's related to that world. We're talking go V8. You get the loud, loud exhaust. You get the feel, but yet it's obviously nicer. And it's got a different breeding, but... I still feel like we're, we're, we're on the cusp of it there. What about the
0: XKs before that? The supercharged Jag XKs? Possibly. Those possibly. are kind of muscly and yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. bruiser and not and that I, great on track. I mean, I mean, look, you can talk about the GTOs from the early 2000s. Obviously, that's in here as well. Sure. But I'm just trying to think. I, I feel like because the Mustang and Camaro are blurring the line of what it means mm-hmm. already. I mean, I, I would say if I got strict about the definition, those cars already aren't. We've got Challenger or nothing. True. If I got really strict about what is a muscle car in my mind, it's Challenger or you're done. But if we're going to count the Mustang Camaro, we've started to brush up against lots of other things that make this interesting.
0: I'm wondering, yeah, will any of the Mercedes AMG cars I mean For sure. the Chevy of Germany? For sure, yes, yes. Really? Get, supercharged V8s? Get a big angry V8 in that regard, yeah. And what about the Chevy SS, too? That could be considered kind of a yeah. muscle car. In a
1: world where the Charger is now four-door, then why not bring the
0: Chevy uh, yeah, SS? Yeah, that's kind of what I I I'm thinking. That. I see that. <laughs> okay, so it depends on your definition, but I think all of those could work. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing from Japan, really. But, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like that. I like it. Okay. So uh, also Rich is asking us if misfortune were to inevitably befall the beloved Lotus and Cayman, would you Uh-oh. rather su- suffer a major pet accident to the interior or unintentional self-inflicted infusion of diesel fuel? Yikes. Well, first of all, the nozzle is bigger for diesel fuel, but.
1: It, well, now you're getting into semantics, I, but yeah. I'm
0: semantics. Yeah. I. Yikes. I'd say anything you can clean, I'm fine with. Yeah. Dirt, you can clean. Damage, yeah. like damage to the engine. Yeah, that's, that's all bad. a huge bill. Yeah,
1: I'd... that's all bad for sure. Yikes. For sure. Uh, let's see. Drew asked a question about what makes a good manual transmission.
0: Mm, excellent question.
1: Now, a couple of weeks ago, we drove the uh, GT350R. Yeah. I'm driving the Mini, which is manual, the Lotus, which is manual. And this weekend, we just drove the Civic.
0: That's right. That's Those right.
1: four cars could not have more different manual transmissions.
0: Yeah, agreed. Very,
1: agreed. very different. But let me see if I can touch on this. And and you you asked specifically, Drew, what makes the S two thousand so great? There's a couple there's there's lots of variables going on here, but I'm gonna say there's a couple things. One of them is clutch feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The clutch has to have some tactile feel to it. Okay? If if it's a clutch that you push it to the floor and you let it up and you just can't you can't feel anything about the engagement, that's a problem. Or If the clutch changes so much mid-travel that it becomes a different pedal on the bottom half than the top half, that's also a problem. So it's got to have a really consistent but very tactile clutch feel. I'm getting geeky, but that's part of it. Another part of it, staying with the pedals, is pedal placement. Oh, yeah. So that you can have both their relation to each other horizontally and their relation to each other vertically off the floor. So that when you slam on the brakes, how easily can you move your heel-to-heel toe? That's a big factor. So that's just the pedals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can get – don't get me wrong. You can get pedals wrong and gearbox, and actually shifter right and vice versa.
4: It's yeah, when you get yeah. all of
1: the above right that is really rare. When I go to the actual gearbox, the stick shift, I don't know. I'm going to go on a little rant here for a second. Have you noticed the term a notchy shifter – if you, if you hear that term or read it a lot, it's interesting. Some journalists use that as a positive, and some use it as a negative.
0: Yeah, I have yeah, seen, I can see I've this.
1: seen and heard it used both ways. That's a problem, because depending upon well, how you first heard it, now you, somebody goes, oh, this shifter's notchy. And they mean it bad, and you think, oh, that's a great thing. But the terrible cliche, the terrible yeah. cliche here, but I'm going to use it because, so, because it's, everybody understands it, is the rifle bolt action. It's the fact that yeah, it feels yeah. like if you use a good – sorry, I'm going to follow the cliché rabbit trail here. Cliché rabbit trail. There's there's the T-shirt. Uh, that's actually a band for the night. Cliché anyway.
0: rabbit trail. As long as we're driving on rails, this car handles like it's on rails. Perfect. Yes, exactly. And notchy shifters. Anyway. Transmissions. Yeah.
1: But no, here's the thing. When you have a metallic sensation where it moves from one gear to the other and there's really kind of no way you can get it wrong, it feels – just well-machined, and it shifts from one gear to the other. Mm -hmm. And it's not – there are some shifters you can get into. Look, I'm – I hate to say it. I'm kind of looking at you, BMW. There are some some shifters you can get into where you can learn the gearbox and the pattern, and it becomes subconscious. But initially, it's not as obvious as you'd like it to be.
0: Okay, just as far as where the gear placement is, not
1: The S2000 is practically subconscious. Yeah. You move your hand, and you wound up in the gear you wanted to be in. You didn't even think about it. Now, don't get me wrong. I've driven plenty, our Icon film, plenty of BMW manuals. Take two minutes, you're fine with it. But initially, it's if you don't mm-hmm. drive a BMW every day, it's like, what is this? Oh, oh, oh there it is. Okay, got it. That, when you have a really good transmission, there's no getting it wrong. And the And the Lotus from the factory is not very good. Yeah, it's only in, when you actually change some
0: things to the transmission. The pedals are actually great,
1: but the upgrades, actual gear movement isn't that
0: exact. So there's me yeah. breaking that down. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me how many parts are involved in building a manual mm-hmm. transmission that mm-hmm. translate to feel. I mean, talk about linkage from the shift mechanism sure. to the transmission. Is it a rod? Is it a cable? Mm-hmm. What is that like? Mm-hmm. The bushings, how tall the shift lever is, where it's placed, yeah. you know your comfort in the cabin... All these kinds of things mm-hmm. definitely contribute. And that's why some cars have they've really concentrated on this. Others, is just kind of like, all right, we're going to use off-the-shelf parts. It's going to be cable linkage. It works. It's got a rubbery feel, and I can't tell what I'm doing. Am I in gear? Where's the next gear? It's, it's not clear to me. Yeah. yeah, all those kinds of things. Both the 86 and the Miata have
1: great shifters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I find fascinating is if you don't think the 86 has a good shifter, if you ever have the opportunity to get into an 86- whatever you want to call it, an 86 and a WRX back-to-back. They're both six speeds. And yet somehow the 86, which is a different gearbox, is far better. Mm -hmm. You can
0: tell it instantly if you're in them back-to-back. SCLA fan 86 on Instagram is asking us, why does the displacement of the engine generally dictate how many cylinders it will have? Mm. In other words, why don't they make little tiny V8s for small sports cars or huge four cylinders for vans or trucks? Well, speaking of vans and trucks, just about every semi truck you see in the U.S., that's a six cylinder turbo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just so we're all on the same page here. Yeah. You think, oh, big truck. It's got to have a big V8. No, it's an inline six with a giant turbo or two. So yeah, semis are, are very much, you know, huge coffee can cylinders. Well the classic Jeep four liter that yeah. was a six. Yeah. The four a liter four Jeep. liter engine that was a six. Yep. You get so much torque out of those things. They yeah, rev really yeah, yeah. easily. I mean, yeah, they're they're great for trucks. They're great for sports cars too, as we know. But you know, tiny V eights doesn't make sense. And the biggest thing I can think of for small sports cars is it's more moving parts. It's a lot of mechanical moving parts with a small V eight. Think about a superbike or, you know, versus a, a Ducati V-Twin. Mm. You know, you've mm. got a lot of mechanical moving parts and it can yeah. rev really freely. You know, V-Twin, obviously, you've got, you know, huge cylinders in comparison. Fewer moving parts. So for small sports cars, a small V8, it doesn't make sense for all these extra mechanical linkages and moving parts and more pistons. And it just it doesn't well, make sense to have a little tiny... Yeah. You know, small cylinder V8. High revving, great personality.
1: But think about the people that have done it. The people that have done that have been people like Ferrari. That have done the little tiny V12s. And McLaren does it too. But the, but, but the little tiny V12s back historically, you know, they had the minute little v Like, wait, wait, that's a V12? Mm-hmm. It's tiny. What are yeah. you talking about? But that's a manufacturer that was not worried about we have to make this in mass and it has to work for the general public. We're going to make this on our one-off or five-off uh, yeah. You know, supercar for racing, and we're going to have 15 mechanics on staff, and the engine's amazing when it's running. But then when it gets back running. to what you're talking about. Complexity is is the demon
0: here because you want to have it just run. Well, Porsche did it with their 917, a flat 12. Sure. But think about the space. So that's the other thing is the space required, the packaging. Sure, yeah. For a big truck, yeah, you have a big nose on it or you've got somewhere in the middle of the truck, you know, a cab yeah. over kind of design. But you've got to also package a car in a truck. Mm-hmm. So how large is that, is that engine? Those Ferraris took up – I mean, that was an engine wearing a car essentially. For sure. It was sure. mostly yeah. engine. Because they're so big, so they didn't have to care about packaging people and stuff and luggage and yeah. things in there. Same with the Porsche Flat 12. It was just a race car. So think about, you know, how is this going to be packaged? Where is it going in the car? Sure, sure. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then fuel mileage. It goes on mileage, and on I here. I, I, I'm going to say the
1: main two headlines for me are mileage and complexity. Mm-hmm. And those are the, the reasons why let's get fewer c- cylinders And a much simpler engine because it needs to run in the 300,000 cars of this we're going to sell this year. And it needs to get great gas mileage. And your little tiny 2-liter, 3-liter V12 is none of
0: the above. Sounds great. Yeah, it's awesome. But, yeah, that's why, you know, small engine or small displacement, you know, 4-cylinder with a turbo. Or now 3-cylinders with a turbo. Yeah, for sure. package it easier. All right, what else on here? Uh, Well, Mark
1: Butler asked a a hot potato question, but I'm going to try to touch on it for a second. He's asking about Top Gear America or Top Gear U.S.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw this.
1: And he's throwing down here and kind of saying – I'm going to take his comment here. Essentially, why isn't this working? Okay. That's the headline he's creating. So I'm going to follow this thought. Because obviously this is a hot potato in some, mm-hmm. some degrees. But here, here's the thing, Mark. Now, I watched Top Gear America with Tanner Faust and Rutledge, etc. I watched that. Mm-hmm. I watched the new U.S. Uh, reboot, or vice versa. It's the other, other way around. The re- new reboot with Willem Fickner and uh, uh, Tom Ford, who's one of the best writers in automotive I'm going to put it out there right now. Tom Ford is one of the best working writers in automotive right now. I love yeah. him as a writer. I actually yeah. like him on camera, too. Why doesn't this work? Here's why I think it has trouble. Because if you're an enthusiast that would watch Top Gear America, U.S., whatever you want to call it, you know about the British one. And the British one hmm. is in your native tongue.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. I mean, there's been Top Gear Korea. There's been Top Gear Japan. And I can see how that gets away because culturally very different and language completely different.
0: Sure, sure. But
1: at this point, the U.S. culture and the British culture when I was growing up and I was in England the US and and British culture were starkly different. Hmm. Now there are mm-hmm. differences but they're much closer as far as like day-to-day pop culture than they than they were 20 30 years ago. So all the gossip is just about the same pretty much it's just you trade a royal here and there and you and you're done. Yeah. You're so anyway, fine. uh yeah, so there's that but um so that's the thing. You're talking about you've kind of made a clone but you it, it, you know what it's like? It's almost like watching the cover band of some band you love while the band you love is still currently touring and doing really good work. If the band you Mm. love doesn't exist anymore and you see a cover band, you're fine with the fact that it's not quite as good. But if the real band's out there and doing awesome work, you're watching the cover band going, yeah, but this doesn't work as well. This is the problem. So I think they're always going to have this. Unless they took Top Gear US, Top Gear America and allowed it to be genuinely different under the Top Gear brand. I don't think it's ever really going to work because we are close enough to the culture and obviously the language of the original that why make a riff on it?
0: Yeah, and you know, thinking about this too, I could see why you know don't mess with success. You've got the playbook. We talked about this with Top Gear US. Mm-hmm. How it started was the exact recipe and the exact playbook with different hosts. But then come to realize... It was the host that made the difference. For sure. You can't just, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, and take the same thing and put different people in these same situations because they'll just have a different take on things. Mm-hmm. They'll react to things differently. Mm-hmm. They're different drivers. So, I, I, yeah, I'm thinking about this, too. I mean, is it, um, is it just cultural? I mean, do we, you know, want to watch British programs and British folks want to watch American programs? Is it, is it just... <sighs> Is it as simple as that? Well, but but here's the thing. I think I'm still amazed. Original. It's I'm not s- the
1: original, and that's yeah, what you're getting. I'm at. still amazed that BBC Top Gear has succeeded as well as it has.
0: But you mean just since the beginning? No, long no, no, term, no, no, no,
1: no. Since the reboot. Okay. Since okay. the reboot. Look at look at the season that had seven hosts, yeah. led by Chris Evans. Yeah. But here's the thing: the BBC does that U.S. networks don't do, and that is the BBC can stand by something and let it shake out. A U.S. network is like, oh, we're six episodes in, and that's dead, yeah. never coming back. Moving on, they do yeah. that. Maybe three episodes in, but but look at what happened in the reboot. They have the Chris Evans reboot, tons of press, tons of money, but then they found in that the group of hosts that had rapport and worked on camera. <laughs> that's not how it's operating. Yeah, he here. didn't. He yeah. didn't. So, uh, and I'm incredibly impressed. With the last season, with Rory and Chris Harris and oh, uh, yeah. Matt, Matt LeBlanc, was yeah. awesome. Was really good. And there's stuff that doesn't necessarily work in every segment, but that's true of Grand Tour. It's true of the Top Gear when BBC Top Gear when the three guys were on that one. So it is allowing the hosts to find their own cadence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the BBC has the ability to do that as well. That's the other thing. I feel like when I'm watching US programs in general, especially if a US program is trying to be the US version of somebody else's idea, you can feel the
0: development going on. You can feel where they manufactured something, and it's just not playing. That's my last thought on that. Is that the producer angle? And you you allude to this a lot. And, you know, you've taught me about various shows, and you Mm. say, ah, well, that was contrived and produced. They made it work, or hey, that was produced, and here's why it didn't work. You didn't Mm. like it. Why didn't I like that segment? Mm. Here's Mm. why. Because too many producers and fingers in the pie and trying to manipulate your feelings and all this stuff. Sure, Is it because things were too heavy-handed, too produced, and they just didn't let things flow? Whereas the, you know, the original trio, just, things just kind of flowed. They just kind of went with this direction, and All right, that's where we're going. We're trying that, and they just kind of let it go rather than reining it in and try to make it mm. a thing. That's how TV in the U.S. for sure. Well, and the original trio
1: honestly is a casting nightmare. (laughs) Those three guys in a traditional casting
0: situation would have never wound up on that show together, Hmm. and yet there they are, and they work. And it works works really well. Yeah, the producer angle. Well, we will wrap it up here, guys. Thank you so much for writing into us. We really appreciate it. And I uh, hope this is educational and helpful. We certainly are always doing the same. I mean, we're always learning when we're suggesting as well. And just the uh,
1: research, I ended up
0: going, I had no idea every <laughs> single time. You can get that car for that price. You got to be kidding me. And now we're shopping. That happened to me today. <laughs> I went on a rabbit trail and I went, I wonder how much those are and shopping it's out all for bad. myself. It's all bad. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. I, I looked up Lotus Elises last week because I was just curious what was for sale. <laughs> of course and you I did. thought, how Im- insane am I? And you're going to start looking up Minis. Well, huh. I wonder what other Minis it's are ridiculous. out there. Ridiculous. do the same. I just found out today there's a woman in my neighborhood who has an 83 Porsche 928, hmm. automatic, like 60,000 miles. And I said, you know, I was talking to a guy here. I said, I've never seen it driving around the neighborhood. And he said, yeah, her, her husband had it. You know, he passed huh. away. And, wow. Wow. And wow. uh, it's just parked in the garage. And I'm going, huh, really? That's, Amazing. That's interesting. wonder if she wants to just dump it. <clears throat> <laughs> we have terrible thoughts. It's awful. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always
1: wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day, when he was 47, Pete realized he just
0: wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how GEICO, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So
3: it all worked out.
4: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's
3: pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...